has a look. It looks like joy. It looks like pain. It looks like sunshine after many seasons of rain. It looks like rain after a season of drought. It looks like addressing those fears and overcoming doubts. Healing is a necessity for your soul. If you want to grow to your fullest potential, healing has to be the goal. You are now listening to Healing the Soul. Enjoy the journey and let's heal. Hey family, welcome to another episode of Healing the Soul podcast. It's your host, Saved with Sauce. And today I am super, super excited about this episode. You guys know every third Wednesday, I have another guest joining me. And today I have the wonderful Tiffany Williams joining me. She's an author. She's a hairstylist. She is a public speaker, life coach. Okay. Listen, she is just one in a million and I'm honored to have her join us today on the episode. So anything you want to, anything extra, anything, you know, you want to say to the people to continue to introduce yourself? No girl, you have said it all. (laughs) You added (laughs) some extras too. I am just happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm really excited. Yeah, I am super excited to see or just to see how this episode will turn out. Um, I know that it's going to be a great one. And with that being said, I should just I, I feel the need to share this with you all real quick. So initially I had the intentions on naming this episode life after death and i was about to talk about how you know sometimes we experience some situations that feel like it caused things to be like dead in our lives but the life part is how you thrive after you experience those situations that look like hardship but god was like you know what no like you understand that revelation and you understand, you know, the, the meaning of that title. What I really want you to call it is picking up the pieces after experiencing trauma. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We are going to talk about how do a person pick up the pieces after experiencing trauma. And I love that. Yes, yes. And I love that. I I love the fact that, first of all, what I didn't mention, because I know I mentioned that she was an author, but one more thing, her book, (laughs) her book, oh my goodness, her book is called Split Ends, Cutting the Damage. The title in itself is like, wait, let me, let me open this up and see what this is about. (laughs) but in her book she shares so much and she talks about her story and I really do believe that her story the wisdom that God has given her just all of that is really going to impact lives for sure (laughs) um there's no doubt about it for sure for sure and so I have her today to just give us some more insight to the book to her story and also to share 
with everyone else how to pick up the pieces after experiencing some some hardship, some trauma. So I guess with that being said, I could start with like what inspired the book. Hmm. So thank you for that. Um, the the title is definitely catchy. Uh, it is a play on my um my work, you know, what I do every day. I am a hairstylist and I talk to women every day that are going through heartache, pain, disappointment, sadness. You know, um, if you know anything about a hairstylist, most people are telling their hairstylist their problems. They're in some way like a therapist to them. And so every day I'm talking to women about their problems. Sometimes I'm praying for them. You know, and I found myself, you know, over time, start sharing my testimony, something that may be a portion of what they're going through or something that relates to something that they're going through to encourage them or to help them, you know, find hope in their life. And, you know, I kept doing that for a while. And all this came after I started doing a lot of work on myself and God as well. You know, I went through some really dark times and depression myself and thoughts of suicide. And I was to the point where I was begging God to just to heal my heart and just to help me understand, you know, my life and why I am the way I am and, you know, why I found myself going around in circles. And so, you know, after I finally came on the other side of a lot of the pain that I experienced and did a lot of research like in my family and just my childhood to understand a lot of things um you know that is when I started helping other people at the salon and of about 15 or 20 women said to me oh my god if you wrote a book I would really love to read it so I didn't think anything of it and I guess God said she's not really getting the hint (laughs) so uh I went to a women's conference at my church and there was a guest speaker there and she was a prophet, prophetess as well. And she said, God, I want you to write a book about your life. And I was in such shock. I was like, oh, this is a real thing. (laughs) So I'm like, I can't believe this. God, I can't write a book. I'm not smart enough. You know, I don't even know how to put a book together. You know, what would I say? Are people going to listen to me? I mean, so many things just came in my mind. Um, But, you know, since then, um, I said, okay, I'm going to start to try to figure out how to do it. And then I got in touch with someone who would help me self-publish my book. And it took about three years or so, but I'm finally here. And the book is finally out. So I can't believe in myself. Wow. Wow. I love that. Um, I love that because God will really push us beyond our comfort zone. It's like, you know, God, listen, like I was okay with pouring out in the shop. I was okay with, you know, being a light to my clients, (laughs) ministering in that capacity. And God was like, yeah, but there's more, um, there's more. And so I love that because God will really push us beyond ourselves, like, For sure. I had no plans on writing a book. I didn't even know this was 
you know, I didn't think this was me. You know, I had another plan for my life and the way I saw myself and, you know, what I thought God was going to have me to do in life. And, you know, come to find out he has a whole nother plan. So I'm still trying to get used to to his plans. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I know in the book, you shed light on your story. You shed light on um from childhood like it got deep (laughs) but you shed light on your childhood you shed light on adulthood you shed light on your journey to heal um to healing so can you tell us more about your story sure definitely um well first I do want to just mention um before I do get into my story like the importance of the book and how it is laid out Mm -hmm. which it does, you know, explain that we are, you know, even though we are adults, no matter how old you are, I'm 40 years old, but there's people 80, 60, whatever age they are. And we all are in some way or form affected by our childhood experience. And even though we're children for a small window of time, you know, that time period is like a blueprint to our life, our decisions that we make, the relationships that we get into, our personal beliefs about ourselves, what we will accept, how life is supposed to go. I mean, it it goes on and on and on how we resolve conflict. You know, um, those situations are subconsciously guiding our actions. And if we aren't aware, you know, they can be negative as well. There's so many things that come out of that pain, disappointments, um, you know, a lot of depression comes from those things or self or self-esteem. I mean, just so many things, you know, come from that area. And so me, you know, learning that and understanding that about myself did help to guide me with writing the book. And so I talk about in the first chapter how my childhood was. And I had a very traumatic childhood. I grew up in a household where, excuse me, I grew up in a household where my mother was being physically, verbally, and mentally abused by my stepfather. Um, Also, the, the relationship that my mother had with my father was a toxic relationship as well. There was violence there. But they got divorced by the time I was five. And then she got with my stepdad really quickly after about two weeks of meeting him. And she was married to him for 10 years. He was extremely violent. Um, There were a lot of screaming and yelling and fighting and dragging down hallways. And it was kept a secret in my house. My mother was a praise and worship leader. My stepfather was a minister. So we went to church every day and they, well, not every day, but we went to church often. He would preach and my mom would lead the choir or whatever. We come home and there will be hell to pay. And no one knew that this was going on. And my mother never addressed any of it with me. She never talked to me about it, that it's wrong or why it's happening or Mm -hmm. anything of that sort. And so I built up a lot of resentment Uh, Towards my mother, you know, I had a twisted perception of how men should, a man should treat a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of insecurities. I didn't feel seen in her because I would 
begged my mom to leave this man and she would never leave. Um, and it took me a long time just to understand why she did those things. But in the meantime, it caused a lot of issues in my life, you know, about the men that I chose, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of patterns, even with the secrets that were kept in the household, all of those things that I experienced affected me. And I learned as well that they came from a place also, which was her childhood. So there's so many lessons that I learned and so many things that like were eye-opening to me to explain how I dug myself into such a deep ditch in my own personal life mm -hmm. as I became an adult. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to point out something that you said because you you had mentioned um first of all thank you for just your transparency and your courage to share your story um because everybody everybody has a story and you know there there are some things and I, and people's story that it's like people don't have a willingness to share because it brings them back to like that place of pain so just I just want to shed light on your strength your courage all of that and your transparency like that's 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 bold that's courageous so I just I want to acknowledge that <laughs> but also there was something that you mentioned when you you said um for one, the impact of what was happening with your mother and then the fact that she was not talking about it, the fact that it was something I was kept a secret, like some of these things now started to, it, it aided basically in you digging yourself in such a, a hole or it aided and like some of the perp patterns trickled down to you. And I want to just raise that point up for a minute because this is why generational like people don't even realize generational trauma is such a thing like people find themselves dealing with certain things dealing with certain emotions whether it's anxiety or depression or they find themselves dealing with like self-esteem low self-esteem and it's just like this came from somewhere where did this where did this come from? And sometimes it's not in their own life experiences, like the things they experienced on a day to day. It's what happened in the home or it's what trickled down, what they saw, what they were exposed to. And it trickled down. And it's like it's generational trauma. It's things that has been in the bloodline for or has been in the family for years and it hasn't been resolved, Um, which kind of leads me to my next point, because for you to say, um, I think it was earlier that you said, like, you know, you started to do your research and you started to kind of like, um, you, you started, you mentioned that, like you started to do your research and a lot of people don't take the time to say, okay, you know what? Like I'm at the point of no return. Like God, I'm at the point where it's like, I'm like, I'm ready to just be out of here. And so as, as a result of that, I'm going to take the initiative to find out where is this coming from? So the fact that you did that, <laughs> like that, the, the fact that you did that, the fact that you made that move, is just like, oh my goodness. Like that in itself was like, that's, that's big. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't do it just because I'm just so smart and intelligent, but you know, just a series of events, not only that, um, leading me into a deep 
dark space just led me to like go digging and find what is this, you know, what is going on in my life? And there were so many unanswered questions um, within my life and even about my mother. Um, I didn't mention as well that in the book, I talk about how I lost my mother to a drug overdose and I found her on the floor at the age of 15 and my life was completely changed and like destroyed in one minute. Like I went to sleep one night. It was me, my brother and my mom. And I woke up the next day and my brother had to move with his dad to Seattle. My mom was dead and, you know, I was supposed to move with my dad. And so, so much happened there. And it was like a shock. My whole life was just destroyed in one moment. And you know, I didn't understand, you know, what was really going on. I didn't really realize until I was an adult that my mother was dealing with depression, you know, thoughts of suicide. And she had a lot of issues, even from her childhood, that were unaddressed. Mm -hmm. um, and we still don't even know to this day if she actually killed herself, which it does appear that she may have because she turned the phone off. She locked her door. She put a towel under her door. And, um, you know, just the way it happened appeared. She didn't leave a letter, so we don't know. But I didn't even find that portion out until about 10 or 15 years after my mother's death. And so that just compounded with so many other things led me to start digging into her life, which, again, I mentioned I didn't know much about. And... Uh, I didn't know that my mother was raised in foster care, which uh, that was basically the only grandmother that I really know. Her real mother, she was in and out of our life a few times, but her mother didn't raise her. She was very physically abusive and mentally abusive, so much to the point where child services would take her away and bring her to the foster family. And uh, she never had a relationship with her father as well because he had another family and he was married. So he didn't want to have anything to do with her. And it just so happens that my mother's aunt, which is her, her mother's sister, married my grandfather's brother. So she was always around her father when they would be at church. She would see him, but she couldn't talk to him. And both families knew that she was his child, but they kept it a secret. So my mother grew up feeling abandoned, rejection. She also was, you know, abused and rejected by her mother, physically abused and emotionally abused. So she had a twisted perception of what she thought love was. Mm -hmm. You know, she had a heart that had a hole in it because she missed the nurturing and love that a mother was supposed to give and the guidance. And the same for my father, the affirming, the loving, the protecting. So she didn't have any of those things in her life. And as I, as an adult into my thirties, learning this information, because my mother never talked about any of these things with me. I learned most of this after her death through her foster mother, my grandmother. So she explained this to me and it, started putting the pieces together as to why my mom allowed me to grow up in a household where someone was physically abusing her and beating her. And then the blow up she had when she died, which was because my brother's dad suddenly left her, just left a Dear John letter on her bed 
and told her he don't want to be with her anymore after 10 years of abusing her and beating her. And so she had a mental breakdown. And, you know, the result was, you know, me finding her in her room dead. So, I mean, that led to just so much dysfunction for me. And I did realize a lot of it was generational, just her mm-hmm. passed down and pain and just confusion and just so many things that affected my life. And then, you know, from there on, I live with my aunt and I didn't graduate school. School was a blur because, you know, I didn't get any therapy. Nobody talked to me about what happened to my mom. I didn't find out until years later when I finally asked, is someone going to tell me, you Mm -hmm. know, what happened with my mom? So, you know, I just went on a path of dysfunction on top of the fact that I had a broken relationship with my father. So I was looking for love the same way my mother was with men and doing all kinds of things to accept love, having sex and sleeping with anybody and everybody Mm -hmm. to get validation and, you know, drinking and smoking heavily and just on a path, just trying to find guidance and loss without Mm -hmm. a lot of answers to what happened in my life and feeling alone and not having any family. And so it really was like a downward spiral. I know I said a lot, but. No, it's fine. I actually, I have a question um, because I'm listening to you and like, it's a few, it's, you said, you said a lot, but, and it's so much, it's really so much to unpack. But <laughs> one of the things that I want to say, cause I have a question um, and honest, this, honestly, this was not even, this is not even like a question that I thought of in advance. This just, it just came to me. Like the Lord just dropped this question on my heart because I'm sure there's so many people who will tune in. And I feel like a lot of times, right. People have this, people have these like misconceptions around God, or people have these misconceptions around the church. And it's because of sometimes what they've experienced personally, or it's because what they may have saw or, you know, um, so I I feel like sometimes like people have these misconceptions about God or the church because of like things they've heard or things that they've experienced. So for you, you personally, you firsthand experienced so much from like, you know, like you were sharing your mother, she played a role in the church, your stepfather played a role in the church. And it's like, but this is what was happening at home so how did you like how were you able to kind of separate what you were exposed to um to like how did you separate that like how did you separate like okay this is this is the this is what they did and this is them and you know like but I still choose to believe or I still choose to, you know, allow God to do a work in me. Like, how did you separate the two? Because for some people, they can't separate um, God or they can't they can't separate the church from hum- other like from people's behaviors. Yeah, that is a great question. And actually, I get that question a lot. Um, it's crazy because even with you know my mother and stepfather being in the church I still you know was able to find my own relationship with God I mean luckily the church and ministry that I grew up in we had like teen ministry that was separate so we had our own 
church and activities and things going on. So I had the opportunity to build a relationship with God myself. And I knew that God just wasn't in a lot of that. And it's just crazy because even with my father beating my mother and doing all the things that he was doing, you know, I would call the cops on him or my mom would call the cops on him because he just wouldn't stop. And, you know, he would go to jail for three days and then he would come back home and he would beg for his family back. He would apologize to my mom, apologize to me and say, he's sorry, he wants to make things right. He wants to go in anger management and he would sit us around in a circle, me, my little brother and my mom, and he would have Bible study with us. And he would act like he was a pastor, basically. And we were a congregation. And it was really strange because I would look at my mom and look at her like, you know, why are you letting this happen? And why is this happening? You know, it was just really strange. It was like in the twilight zone. I felt like I was in a Tyler, Tyler Perry movie or something like that. But the whole time I knew like this person has mental issues and I knew something was off as well with my mom. I mean, she was a great person, but I knew that something wasn't clicking there with her either. And it just, it was really strange with me. So thank God it was nothing but the grace of God to just allow me to know that this God didn't have anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was the blessing in all of it, but. Absolutely. And that's a blessing how you're able, you were able to like, kind of, kind of see that, understand that, and then separate the two, because a lot of times people attach, like, because of other people's behaviors who or mm -hmm. because people were supposed to represent one thing or walk a certain kind of way because they believe in God. When, when people fail to do that, or people don't, you know, do that, or they don't do it to a person's standards, that makes people that's on the outside looking in that that draws them away or that makes them say, you know what? Yeah, no, like that's how like that's how, you know, you claim God and you act this way or you do this, then I don't want any parts of it. And it's like what people fail to understand is. You human are human and and granted, I get it, you know, like we hold people to a certain standard, but it's like. People have their own set of issues. People have their own set of different things that they deal with. And so to kind of put God in the same box as men, as people, it's just like, that's where I feel like that's where, you know, others just like, that's where people go wrong. So that's the fact that you experienced that firsthand, like, you know, experience trauma, you experience brokenness all of that stuff firsthand in the home and you were still able to separate the two like that's a miracle <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I can't take credit for that I, I don't even know it's just God yeah wow so I so my next question for you is um my next question for you is well now actually that you're at this place where like you've allowed God to do some work. You've allowed God to, um, yeah, like do some work. You took the, the, you took the time, you took, you know, the courage and really like you, like you said, it was by the grace of God, but you did these things to begin to just research, unpack and, you know, all of these different things like that. Like now 
here you are, an author, a hairstylist. Like, what would you tell your younger self? Um, well, I would definitely tell myself that you are loved, that you are seen, that you are amazing. I mean, I think all the things that God has told me when I didn't believe it for myself because I didn't receive it from the people that matter to me the most. Mm. Um, you know, I thought because I didn't get the nurturing, the care, the affirmation, the safety, the security from my parents, I thought that that was a reflection on who I was as a person. I do feel like my mother had the same experience, which is why my life was the way it was. But I really would have loved to have known that then, but I do believe God brings all things together for my good, of course. But I definitely would tell myself that you are worthy, you know, you are loved, you know, and God is going to guide you through this. You will make it through, you know, the other side. Cause I didn't feel like, you know, I was going to be able to survive to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, so many things that happened to me and it just felt like my life was never, never going to get better. And that, you know, I wasn't worthy of anyone treating me, you know, good, whether it was a friend, family member, or a lover, you know, anyone that I was involved with, I was desperately wanting to get that those affirmations in any form that I could. I was looking for people to say that I was worthy and I was good enough. Well, I think one of the things that you said that resonates with me is um, um, when you said you're going to make it through the other side. Because I feel like, um, like all of those affirmations are needed, but that one, like, I think it resonates with me so much because even today, right, mm. that statement, there are times when people are going through things and in the midst of what they're going through, it literally feels like there's no way out. Like, it feels like they're just in this space and they've been there for so long. And it's like, sometimes you just really need that reminder, like, listen, there's hope on the other side of this. Like, you just, like, you're, you're gonna make it past this point. It's, this is not the final stop. This is not the final destination. So that statement resonates for me so much because it's just like, man, like, even up until today, whether it's that, like that statement goes beyond childhood, it goes even till today. Listen, even to somebody's tomorrow, like, look, the situation that you might come up in, the situation you might find yourself in, you're going to make it through the other side. Like, it's just for a moment. Yeah, that is extremely important to remember, even for me, like you said, even today. I'm even dealing with things. <laughs> in my life today. And, you know, it is so important. It just makes me think about so many times where I thought, you know, I couldn't make it anymore and that I wanted to kill myself and I didn't want to live anymore. You know, it was because I felt like things would never get better. Mm -hmm. And then when you are in a dark place, you tend to look back on your past and you're, you're reflecting, you're like, see everything just always go bad. So many bad things have happened to me. Why does my life have to be this way? 
you know, you almost start just feeling like you have the worst luck and, you know, just everything mm-hmm. is going to continue to go bad for you. You're not going to feel better. You're not going to come out of depression or mm-hmm. things are not going to look up for you. You know, it just seems like a snowball effect. And especially when you're in depression, that is such a dark place and you're like back in a corner. Mm-hmm. And I have these conversations with people, especially about suicide. You know, of course, you know, we don't agree with someone taking their life. And, you know, of course, we know that you're not supposed to do that. But mm-hmm. I have a sensitive space for that, especially because of what happened to my mom. And it does appear that she may have committed suicide and myself just being in those dark places and wanting to do it, mm-hmm. even though I didn't do it. I know that that space is a dark corner. People don't want to be there. They don't want to kill themselves. They feel like they have no option. They feel like killing themselves is going to give them freedom. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a trick of the enemy, that is a torture. You know, they are literally being tortured by the enemy and so many voices and emotions and things that attack them. And people say, it's so selfish. Why would you kill yourself and you're not thinking about your family but unless you've been in that space you don't actually know what that person is going through in that moment Mm -hmm. and so I'm just grateful that you know I didn't go to that point because I did want to Mm -hmm. and I have made a commitment to talk to people and try to be aware of what other people are feeling to pray for people And try to give them hope because I do know what it feels like to be in that dark place. And it's not always just as simple as, okay, I'm going to say I'm not going to be depressed anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it is a journey and a process. And, you know, you're you're wanting to find an inkling of hope. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're in a position where you can't. And sometimes it takes only God that can bring you out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with that, like that kind of leads to the next question that I was just about to ask you, because you said it it takes literally like God to bring some people out of some things. So what are some steps that you take, like that you begin to take in order to heal, in order to even experience like freedom or just this version of yourself? Like what are some steps you had to take to do the work, whether it's like the groundwork or whether it's like, look, like, okay, even after I conquered this, I still had to work on this. Like, what are some steps that you had to begin to take? Well, I would say, so in the book, before I start telling the story in the introduction, I just talk about what I consider to be like the formula to healing. Not that it's just like a one-time thing, you do it and then you're just a magical wand and you're clear. But I think the main thing or the route to getting down to your issues and problems is this acronym, which I call AADH, and which stands for acknowledge, address, deal, and heal. And I think those things are gonna guide you to finding things that you didn't know was there and dealing with the problems. Um, So, and I'm just gonna quickly read like the definitions of those four things, just to give a little bit more clarity on what exactly it means. 
So to acknowledge, uh, acknowledging is the process of accepting and admitting or recognizing the existence of a traumatic experience. It's the awareness or wisdom to see a thing for what it is or what it has been. So a lot of us aren't able, what they say, you can't, you can't deal with what you're not willing to face or acknowledge. If you pretend that something is there, then you're never going to be able to deal with what it is. And I think we do that a lot in families. We've learned that, you know, and just in general, something maybe even too painful. So we'd rather not address it. Um, or acknowledge it rather. And then to address, um, this is to understand how a traumatic experience has affected and changed you, uh, how it has altered how you see life, yourself and others. And when you address your trauma, you examine, you evaluate the issue with a precise lens. So it gives you the opportunity to be able to see deeper into that issue, not just what it was, but you know, how it has changed you because you're never the same after you experience anything, whether it's good or bad, but especially bad. Mm. And then deal. When you deal with your trauma, you face your challenges head on and you don't suppress the feelings and emotions that are tied to them. You give yourself permission to feel and live in the pain and the reality of the situation and stop avoiding and bearing it. You see the effects of your experiences and you make changes accordingly. And this is huge for me because, you know, a part of understanding how those experiences have affected you will help you to be able to see what subconscious agreements that you made, what beliefs that you've created as a result of this, whether it's I'm not worthy or everyone is going to do me wrong in life or you know, I don't deserve this. You know, so many things that just play in our mind and we made certain beliefs based upon our experiences and we don't realize it. Like, for example, if you got hurt enough times, you got your heart broken, then you're going to start saying, I can't trust anybody or all men are no good or whatever beliefs you created and you don't even realize it comes from that. And sometimes we say, oh, because I learned, I got burnt once, but now I learned. But sometimes it has negative effects on our outlook, you know, on life and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the word heal, uh, when you healed, you no longer controlled by outside forces or scenarios. You're free from the weight that comes with the disappointments of the pain, the trauma, the regret, the validation or loss. Healing gives us the ability to be present in the moment without being controlled by the thoughts of the past. Perspective on life and our experiences. So it allows us to see life through a new lens. Um, you know, healing does not come in a vacuum. It's an ongoing lifelong process. It takes patience. You know, it takes like you doing some serious work. But I think that process will help you to not be controlled or guided by your emotions that are attached to those things and help you be your true self that you would have been without those experiences or the effects of those experiences. Mm. I like that. I like that. I'm just, it's, it's sounding like you need to add um, therapists to <laughs> the many different things you do <laughs> oh god 
Because you just gave us a whole modality to healing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's helpful because, I mean, in everything in life, there is some type of formula. I mean, whatever we're going to do, if you go to school, you get a license, anything you do, like there is some principles in life that help you to get to a certain point, whether that's keeping relationships, you know, whatever it is, even doing hair. You know, if you do certain things, it's going to cause your hair to be damaged. But there's also things that you need to do to keep your hair healthy, whether that's getting trims, whether that is staying away from hairstyles that are bad for your hair, that is going to cause more breakage or coloring your hair, over processing your hair. You know, there is certain steps that you have to take to ensure that you're either maintaining a thing, because if not, you are going to be destroying it. And I think it is important for us to know that, you know, how do, how do I get back to a healthy place? Mm-hmm. You know, because some people do want to be healthy or live a better life, but they don't know where do I start? You know, what is it? Mm-hmm. How do I get there? Yeah. And I think after some damage has been done, sometimes people don't see it's just like it's almost like and that that speaks to the topic honestly of this episode like how do I pick up the pieces after I experience hardship after I experience trauma because some people feel like after they've experienced something so devastating that they could never go back to the person that they were before that trauma and and you know what that's okay you may not go back to the person that you were before the trauma, but you can, you can experience healing. You can experience wholeness even after experiencing trauma. And I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it it begins with even some of the, the things that you mentioned, like acknowledging the experience, like, you know, facing it directly on. And the thing is when people experience traumatic things, sometimes it's kind of just like swept under the rug because in a lot of minority communities, we're taught that we need to be strong. We're taught, oh yeah, you got to be resolute. Just keep going, you know? And it's just like, for some people as a result of that, they don't directly deal head on with issues or with traumas that they face. Instead, it's just like, oh yeah, you got to be strong. And as a result, it built up some anger on the inside of you. As a result, it built up some resentment. It built up some hatred. It built up some like, you know, just these different emotions, whether it was heartbreak. And it's just like, but on top of that, you're taught you got to still be strong. And so um, I think- For sure. It's so important, like face it directly on so that you can heal from it, so that you can have healthy relationships, so that you can thrive as a person overall. But if you don't heal from what hurt you, you are going to find what hurt you showing up later on down the line and your relationships and your friendships and your way of thinking and how you process and how, how you perceive certain things, how you respond to certain things. And so it's just like, you got to heal from what hurts you in order for you to, to be the best version of yourself. No, I totally agree with that. You are talking truth. Uh, that just makes me think, you know, of another thing, like you said, in our families, we weren't really taught. Well, I think especially in black and brown community. I mean, if you think about the slavery era, you know, we didn't have the luxury of 
having feelings and emotions. We didn't even have access to therapists or anything like that. We were just trying to survive. We were being beaten and abused and, you know, we just wanted to be free, you know, above all anything. And only thing we knew was survival. And that has pa- that has been passed down from generations, um, you know, and even scientific scientific research has proven that not only do we have emotional effects from slavery, but we also have psychological and emotional effects from that. And I do believe that, you know, dysfunction is normalized. It's been normalized everywhere from the White House to our personal house in all aspects of life you know, dysfunction is normalized. And if you haven't been taught as well to honor your emotions and deal with things, you're not going to have the tools to. Just like I mentioned, you know, we're living our life based upon what we've learned and saw as a child, and that's the blueprint. So if honoring your pain or talking about your problems or therapy or having hard conversations was not something that you either was told or saw, you're not going to reach for that when things happen. You're only going to pull from what you have, you know, in stored up inside of you, you know, because our mind is like a big computer and all of our experiences, all the things we saw, all the things we felt, all the things that happened to us, there are tools that we learn from, whether, whether good lessons or bad lessons. And we take them and we compartmentalize those things and we say, okay, this is what happens when this, okay, this is what happens when this happens, Mm -hmm. you know? So for example, when I'm in pain or hurting, only thing I had to rely on was what I saw my mom, how my mother and father responded to my pain and what I saw them respond to their pain. So for example, with my mom being abused, when she was in pain from our brother's dad abusing her, beating her emotionally, physically, verbally. She didn't talk about it. She pretended that it didn't happen. We went to church. She cried and prayed to God. And when we came home, she never discussed it with me. And so she pretended as nothing ever happened. So I didn't realize subconsciously I adopted that same attitude. So when things happened to me later on in life, I did the same thing. You know, I was hurt after my mother's death, but I didn't really know how to express it. When my mother died, I didn't cry. I don't even know how long it took until I cried. It probably took years before I cried. I didn't cry at the funeral. You know, I didn't have any emotions and anything to pull from. No emotional awareness of what is happening inside of me. And even, you know, my broken relationship with my father, I didn't have any understanding of what that relationship did to me as well. So instead, I had false coping mechanisms. You know, I became addicted to the feeling that I got when a man told me that I was beautiful or that he wanted to have sex with me. You know, I wanted to be held in touch because I didn't have that connection with my mother in a way that a mother is supposed to be a nurture to a daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, so many other aspects I didn't realize because I didn't have that emotional awareness to know what was going on with me, that it showed out in other ways. And so I think awareness is going to be the first thing because then it shines a bright light on things that you didn't really know were there. Like, oh, my goodness, this is what's 
this is what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of those things being normalized now, I can take a look back and see it in a different light that I didn't before. Yeah, and I think that speaks to um, when you were talking earlier, you had like mentioned a little bit about like some of the patterns that you picked up. And so and like how some things trickled down and how you found yourself doing certain things because of what you saw. And so that definitely like that speaks to what you were talking about with the patterns that you picked up from your mother. Mm, Yeah, I can definitely talk about that. And one thing that just came to my mind about the previous question that just popped in just now, but even about just about the emotional awareness, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that I was angry at my mother. It took me years to at least, again, another 10 or 15 years after my mother's death to realize that I was angry at her. And I didn't know that. Um, And God showed me that I was angry at her. And I was like, just shocked about it. I was having a conversation with uh, one of the women that were like a mother figure in my life. And she told me she was praying. And she said, God told me that you are angry at your mother. You need to forgive her. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not angry. You know, why would I be angry at my mother? That that's that can't be right. Mm-hmm. And then as I sat there within a minute or two, tears became rushing. Tears came rushing down my eyes and I was crying like so hard. And I realized in that moment that I actually was angry at my mother. So all this time I had been holding those emotions in. And I had no clue that I was carrying them around all these years. So in that moment, I finally realized I was angry at my mom for allowing me to grow up in a household where there was dysfunction, where I didn't feel seen or heard, where I didn't get the attention I needed from her. I didn't get the nurturing that I needed from a mother. Just so many things that I got to see that dysfunction and the trauma of even seeing my mother being abused and she didn't do about it. On top of the fact that I begged her not to let this man come back. And then I was also angry that my mother left me. I didn't know if she killed herself or not. So I was upset about that. I felt like now I have to live my life by myself with me and my brother. And she was gone. So I didn't realize that I was so angry at her for all of those things. So I really had to sit once I got the awareness that that was there. I had to acknowledge it. And then I had to address it. And I cried my heart out. And then, you know, I did forgive my mother, but I didn't realize I was carrying that anger inside. I just wanted to mention that. Um, But as far as the, the patterns, there were so many patterns that I adopted along the way. And one that stands out to me that I mentioned in the book was the secrets. So I mentioned earlier that my mother was a secret as a child in her family and then how that affected me in my household, which made it extremely easy for my mother to keep secrets in our household that my stepfather was abusing her. And the way it affected me was in my 30s, I was raped by one of my close friend's husband and I kept it a secret. And I didn't realize that it was so easy for me to do that because I her I saw my mother keep her pain a secret. And even though it was two different scenarios, 
we did it for the same reasons. I didn't have any family. And these people were my family for 15 years or more. And I didn't want to lose that relationship with that whole family, which was family to me, her mother, everybody in her family. So I chose to keep that a secret because I didn't want to risk losing those relationships. So I decided it was better for me to betray myself and keep my pain inside to maintain those relationships and not expose a person who abused me and did what he did. And I kept it a secret for six years and carried that pain inside. And it almost killed me when it finally came to the surface. But after all of that came to light, I realized the reason why I kept that secret was because of what I saw my mom do in her childhood. And then it was even more wild to realize that she got that from somewhere too. So it was something that we were passing down in our family and I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And I learned so much from the secrets and I learned so much about myself as well. Wow. Wow. I'm like lost for words, <laughs> but oh my goodness. Wow. Um, and I think that's just, that's why it's so, 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 so important. Like, um, Cause you were, you were talking about patterns just now. So like, it's just so important for us to be intentionable. And I said intentionable. I can't intentional. <laughs> I'm mixed. I'm mixed too. I combine two words, but it's so important for us to be intentional about our healing. Like for sure, because it's just like, all right, this pattern came from somewhere. This might've came from my mama. This might've come from my daddy. This may have came, it came from somewhere. Or sometimes it's things that we pick up just simply because of our experiences. And it's like, mm-hmm. we got to also be careful and, and be aware of ourselves to make sure that things that we pick up from our own experiences, we're not passing it down to those around us or we're not passing it down to our children. So it's just like, it's so important important for people to be intentional about their healing. That kind of leads me also to my next question. And this is the last question that I have for you, but like, what would be some advice that you would give to someone who is looking to begin the process to heal? Well, the first thing I would say is go to God. As silly as it sounds, you know, he knows all things. It says, you know, in the Bible, he says he knows our end before our beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows more about us than we know about our own self. And I think we will get a lot of clarity. Um, about our life and ourself from God. And, you know, I didn't get a lot of these discoveries without God shining a light on those things. I mean, he kept telling me, you're going around in circles, you're going around in cycles. And I didn't understand, you know, what he was saying. And it took a long time to figure that out. Um, But not only did he shine a light on the dark things in my life and expose so many things, you know, he was the one that showed me, I think you're worthy and I've made you just who you are, you know, and you're good enough and you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to do anything to be worthy. I accept you as you are. And regardless of your situation that you've experienced, it does not define who you are. 
in all forms. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing is going to be, you know, just finding God and understanding who he is, what he means for your life and how he sees you. That is going to help you to be able to uncover so many things and then start to do, you know, the work on yourself. Um, But as far as this book, I do have some questions that are at the end of each chapter, which I intentionally did that just to help guide with your journey of healing, because you may say, even with everything that we said, I don't know where to start, you know? So there are some questions that guide you just to ask you, how does your family react when this happens? You know, what happened when you went through this or, you know, just so many questions just to help guide you to do a dig, uh, dig deeper you know, in your life. But I think a relationship with yourself and a relationship with God is pretty much going to be the answer to everything. Because if you think about every situation that you've experienced, you are the core person that is in that scenario. Even if you didn't create it, you, you know, you are the person that is experiencing it. And that is going to lead and guide you through everything else. And the more you know yourself and understand yourself, That's going to help you understand your triggers. That's going to help you have different responses to things. That's going to help you remember what beliefs you've created, if you need to change them, or if you need to keep what you already have. You know, those are going to be what you're going to rely on. What did God say about me? And what is the new beliefs that I've created for myself? And that is going to, you know, help guide you in this journey because it's going to be an uphill battle. We go through ups and downs for the rest of our life. There are going to be disappointments and heartbreaks and losses, whether they're death or even in life. You know, you're going to lose jobs, maybe lose people, lose friends. Sometimes you even lose lose yourself through situation. But as long as you can get back to those core things, God is going to bring you through whatever it is. And as long as you can learn from those experiences, you're always going to come out better. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. And listen, you guys, you heard the nuggets, <laughs> heed the wisdom. Okay. You need a relationship with God. Like that is, um, it's, it's vital to be honest. Um, I think like she was saying, in order for you, first of all, to understand yourself, you gotta, you have to, you have to have a relationship with the one who created you, um, the one yeah. who, before you even came about. So yeah, if you guys just, if you're at a place where you're looking to begin the journey to healing, to wholeness, I advise you to really take take heed to the wisdom that was poured out in this episode. If you're looking and you're wondering, how do I pick up the pieces of my life after I've experienced this? Or, you know, where do I begin? Let this episode on this podcast, let it encourage you. Take, take, take heed to what was poured out. Yeah, for sure. That leads me. Um, and it's so interesting. You were saying how like you conclude the chapters with questions. I, I conclude every single episode with questions to consider because I really, after pouring out, And after speaking, you know, I really would, I really, my heart's desire is that listeners will sit back 
and really ponder on these questions that I ask. And then as they begin to think about it, they decide to go on a journey for healing for themselves. So I have some questions to consider for you guys to, you know, just think about after you've listened to this episode. And my questions to consider is, first of all, the first question is we talked a lot about childhood trauma and the impact that, you know, generational things can have on you. And so I want you to reflect over your childhood. I want you to reflect over wounds you may have experienced throughout life. I want you to respect over any trauma you may have experienced. And then for one, think about, have you healed from it? And then if not, what are some steps that you need to take to begin to heal? And then another question that I would like for you guys to consider is, if you could speak to your younger self, if you could speak to the you who was in the place of trauma or the you who, you know, was was wounded, the you who experienced brokenness, what are some things that you would say to yourself? So those are my two questions to consider. Um, and then the last thing I would say is just be intentional about your healing. Be intentional about your healing, your journey to wholeness, your your journey to picking up the pieces of your life and continuing to move forward. So before we conclude, um, those are my questions to consider. Before we conclude, I'm going to let Tiffany tell you guys where y'all can purchase the book and let her leave her information so that you guys can go and look her up. Okay, so the book is called Split Ends, Cutting the Damage, A Journey of Healing and Self-Reflection. You can find the book on Amazon. You can type that in or you can just type in Tiffany Williams and the book comes right up at the top. It's a white cover with black stripes on it. And it's a picture of two, two of me on the, on the photo. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is who is Tiffany Nicole, all one word, who is Tiffany Nicole. And I also talk about, you know, a lot of topics that are in the book, things related to mental health and also keeping everyone on my journey of, you know, spreading the information that is in my book and so many things that I feel that people need to hear. So hope to see you guys soon. Yes, indeed. So you guys purchased a copy, follow her on IG. And as far as I always say, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for continuing to journey with me, you know, continue to just stay in the loop of the episodes, continue to stay in the know of Healing the Soul podcast. You guys know my Instagram is um the same the same title as the host name is saved with sauce continue to stay in the, in the know there and the, get the updates about episodes and all of that great stuff um but i hope this episode was impactful and continue the journey with us continue the journey with with healing the soul so as yes. i always say let's journey together let's thrive and let's heal let's heal <laughs> Ha, <laughs>